Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, I'm Cher Martinetti. And I'm Preeti Chibber. And welcome to another episode of Strong Female Characters. And this week, we actually have a guest that's going to hang with us the whole hour. What's up? That's true. Because we're getting lit with Prosecco and cupcakes. Because we're classy <laughs> bitches. Say hi, Charles. Hi, you guys. Uh, it's Charles Pulliam Moore, your favorite nerd. From io9. From io9. Also the internet at large. You know? Yes, from the entire internet. Yeah, it's true. The internet is yours. It's yeah. your oyster. Um, it's your cupcake. Aw. Aw. So, I forgot what I was going to tell you. I was going to say something to you. On the show. Like, just, you know, bullshitting, like, hey, what's up? You yeah. Because we have to do that Because uh, you wanted a reaction out of me? No, but, like, well, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's always what happens. Yeah, but I'm trying to think what I was going to say to you, though. What's, like, the general gist oh, of it? God, I don't know. Last week I was talking about pooping, and it really upset no. her. Actually, now that's what I'm going to bring up. No. Okay. So you cannot answer this, but I'm going to post this question to our listeners, and I want sincerely people to tweet. She's making the Preeti face. <laughs> I want everyone the Preeti Miss Marvel annoyed face. Um, <laughs> I legit want everyone's answer. You can tweet it at to me at the Shareness or at Sci-Fi Fangirls or at Running with Skizzers. <laughs> I said a couple of weeks ago how we were saying how there's nothing more comfortable than, than taking off your bra at the end of the day. Okay. And then I said, wait, actually, there is one thing. I cannot believe we're going down this road uh-huh. again. Because I think, listen, <laughs> we, need, we need to be open and honest with like our, our listeners out there and like, you know, let's be real. Hmm. So I said one thing is... As comfortable as that. And it's pooping? Yes, thank you. Okay. No, that was a question. That was a straight up question. That tone oh. went pooping. up at the end. That, pooping. That, uh, pooping to, is as comfortable. Just to be clear, that was incredulity you heard in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. That was not a confirmation. No, 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 no. <laughs> Why are we lying though? I mean, That's like, like I, I don't, I don't wear a bra, but I can imagine why taking it off is comfortable. That being said, I have pooped before in my life. I would hope so. Yeah, just once. Um, and it was <laughs> just it's been twenty five years, but <laughs> yeah, I got there. It was great. I felt so much lighter. Drink a bunch of coffee. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know that I would. Um, I don't know that I would compare the two because it's like a, it's a form of restraint mm-hmm. being compared to a form of um, release expulsion. Yeah. You know, of like toxins from your body. And the bra kind of is a toxin from your body too. But it's like supportive, <laughs> isn't it? Well, <laughs> I feel like, what is it, like 90% of women wear bras that don't fit, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Or right. something like that. So you've yeah. got these like bruises on your ribs right, right, and right, right, digging yeah. into your shoulders. Bras are assholes. They suck. <laughs> they suck so bad. I have a question for you guys. When okay. you guys are, and like, feel free to not answer, but when you guys, I know, are, like, I'll when you guys are like bra shopping, like, how do you go about. Do you like talk to a salesperson? Like, oh, there's a yeah. woman who like comes into the dressing room. <clears throat> yeah, and are they? And are these are, are these people just like 
Is it like a mass conspiracy? They're all like, oh, we're going to make sure everyone's wearing the wrong size. So bra. it depends. I mean, if you go like if Victoria's you go to, Secret's not going to give you the right size bra. Mm. Yeah, Victoria's Secret, like they measure you with like a tape measure, and they're but like, this Victoria's is the right Secret size bra. bra is more sort of like decoration than like function. Yeah. Well, I'm wearing one right now. Okay, and I will say that the only reason I'm wearing it is because I couldn't find the bra that I, was I like, wanted the rest to wear. Are dirty, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's the other thing. So. Here's how much of a judgy bitch I am. We were talking about Ina Garden earlier because I was saying how like one of my favorite flavors of cupcake is strawberries, but it has to be like, it has to be like fresh strawberry. Ina Garden, sorry. I'm like all over the place. I'm like already buzzed from a sip of Prosecco. But, uh, and we were saying how she's like a judgy bitch and I'm I'm kind of a judgy bitch. So here's how I'm a judgy bitch. So I was at a concert a couple of years ago with my friend and we were waiting in line in the bathroom and the girl standing in line in front of us was like white girl wasted. Mm. And she was just embarrassing, but she was kind of trashy. Mm. She's very bridge and tunnel. And I say that as someone that's from Jersey, Yikes. like she was, even I was like, like she's bridge and tunnel. But so she's standing there and they're like, I don't even remember what the conversation was, but I remember the conversation was mortifying to me. Mm. And she had on, um, cause it was like summer. So she had on like a sleeveless shirt or like a tank top and I could see the strap to her bra and I instantly recognized that she was wearing Victoria's Secret. And then I turned to my friend and I was like, this is why I can never wear Victoria's Secret again. Because <laughs> someone like her wears Victoria's Secret. Wow. So that being said, <clears throat> Victoria's Secret measures you with a tape measure. Okay. Um, but I've I found in other places and it could be their shading Victoria's Secret. First of all, every single bra company, like the bras fits it's all, differently. It's all different, yeah. right, right, totally right. differently. Um, so then when I go to Le Jant, which is owned by Agent Provocateur, it's their more affordable line. It's still <laughs> not really cheap. There's no such thing as like a cheap bra. Yeah. It's ridiculous how much bras cost. They're, it's, it's wild because it's like so little fabric. Yeah. Like, it's really stupid. But they just have you try on the bras. And they're like, just try them on so you find one that fits the right way because different cuts and fabrics are going to fit you yeah. differently. Right. They're like, you're never going to be one bra size. Have you guys tried any of those like, um, it was like uh, one of those services? It's I like, want to try Third Love. I've heard so yeah, many good well, things about it. Well, yeah, we have it. like friends like of ours that use Third Love and like swear by it. Yeah. And I don't know. I went to their website and I'm like, it's the same bra, 40 different colors. And that's mm-hmm. nothing for me. And I don't know. But if it would fit, because I go to a place where literally the woman comes in with you and is like, measures and does right. all of the stuff and is like this is the correct size right if you go to like an old school lingerie shop that mm. they they make sure your stuff yeah they're I feel like, like, for but real. it's also like getting a breast exam when you go because yes. they're all up they're in all you. up in it and yeah. those bras are like a hundred dollars I feel like they're you super want like a, expensive. a tiny little old French woman who like has a savant like ability to like get a person's measurements mm-hmm. and it's going to be super invasive but it's yep. super clinical at the same time yep. and she's like I'm going yeah. to hook you, you up. You need like a grandma that like it's like going to the doctor. English is her second mm. language, but she was probably a seamstress at one mm. point. That's that's who you need to But not ones that are like too honest. Because that's not my favorite. <laughs> like I go to Indian ladies to get my eyebrows threaded and they feel like they can say whatever they want. Mm. And I'm like, okay. Why would they say? I'm still you're not like my real aunt, even though I'm gonna call you auntie. <laughs> like we've I see you once. A month. Right, 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 right. Why? Right. What do they say? They'll just say whatever they want. They'll be like, oh, waited a long time, huh? Wow. <laughs> like, so they, they, they throw shade. Oh, yes. To which you're but, like, but, I guess you don't want to tip But that to bag. them, they're like being, it's good because they're yeah. being honest. Right. But they're, my favorite is when she's like, oh, are you Punjabi? Which 
It's like, oh, yes, Punjabi people are very hairy, okay? <laughs> that is a thing. Do you know, you. I used to way back in the day, and I'm kind of dating myself, but I'm, this is like such a New York story. What I'm about to say is such like a New York thing to say. Do tell. Back in the day, I used to get my eyebrows done by Amanda Lepore when she still worked. <laughs> oh my god! When she still what? worked at Patricia Field on eight. Shut do you have pictures? No. Do you what? look? Did you look wild? No, she actually didn't. Ama- like to this day, I've never had anyone shape my eyebrows as good as Amanda Lepore did. And, love that. and like so, at Patricia Fields, they would just tweeze them and like trim them. They don't wax or anything. I threaten. They don't threaten or anything. Nope. And this was like when Patricia Fields was still on Eighth Street, like one of like her first store on Eighth Street before she like yeah. That's bananas. I, know. I live up in Washington Heights. Um, it's like a predominantly Dominican neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And weirdly enough, like the men have like take their eyebrow game so oh, much more very seriously. Very. Yes. But yeah. it's like <clears throat> everyone's working on the same like from the same stencil and it's not good. <laughs> no, it's not. It looks like no, someone... it's gotta be for your face. Right. Yeah. It's like not everybody needs that broad highlighter straight up, straight down with no. like clear tan lines in the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, my dude, mm-mm. It's yeah. super weird. <laughs> nah. It's super weird. Like, so anyway. Anyways, we've meandered quite far from our original Nothing point. Nothing that we were just talking about has anything to do no. with what we're talking about today. But what we are going to talk about today, and this is like a topic that I am excited to talk about because I noticed in my personal life that this ten- tends to be a theme, but I tend to notice, and this is a broad generalization, and I don't mean to be insulting when I say it, so let me disclaimer that. But I noticed that Women and gay men tend to be drawn to the same type of characters in fiction. Might and you genre. describe them as strong female characters? <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. You <laughs> Sorry, might. That was lame. No, you might call them bitches. You might. They're in the it's end. almost as if like marginalized communities can find similar themes oh engaging God. and exciting. A Imagine. Novel idea. What? <laughs> So, like, I kind of I want to talk a little bit about that because it to me that's very interesting, and I think we often talk about you know when we talk about iconic women or iconic characters, we don't really talk about how sometimes those characters do bridge various marginalized demographics, mm. and they are something that we all do flock to or we are inspired by. Mm. So that's how I'm going to set this up. <laughs> Preeti's eating some cupcake. It looks really good. Like she's really enjoying it. But no, I totally yeah, agree with you. Like cupcakes are good. All of the all the characters that I remember loving from my childhood, mm-hmm. predominantly women. Um, yeah. Like mainly because a lot of the male characters are often rendered in a very kind of two dimensional fashion. It's like, oh, he's big and muscular and really strong, and women love him. And as like a gay man, it's like, I know it's not really do it all that much for me. There's not that much substance there. Whereas oftentimes with female characters, particularly the ones who are initially introduced as not necessarily having all that much to contribute to the plot Mm -hmm. as a story develops you come to see that this person who was initially written off and discounted as not being useful you know becomes the most powerful or competent person on the team and you're like fuck yes that is exactly how i feel as like a young like marginalized person Mm -hmm. and so to see that like in whatever media is just very powerful i think too and this is as you were saying this, I just realized it. But like when it comes to comic books, historically, they were drawn and created by straight white guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then even in the film industry, straight white men have mostly shaped how the film industry yeah. looks even today. Yeah. I and mean, it's changed somewhat. And it's interesting because it's like the men that were supposed to be heroic and and they're supposed to be like 
the heroes or the main protagonists, I feel like it's always the straight male fantasy of what they think is attractive to someone else. Well, yeah, whenever anyone brings up the point when we're talking about unrealistic portrayals of women in comics and they talk about, well, the men are all, and I'm like, no, no, no. There's this meme that's like what men see as the ideal male fantasy and it's like Hugh Jackman on men's health, like just like, oh, you know, like so ripped and yeah. whatever. Hang on, but and like, then that's it's not, like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. Hugh Jackman I, no, 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 no. Very handsome. Bad. Very okay. handsome. <laughs> However, it's like that versus like Hugh Jackman on like good housekeeping yeah. and like a really nice sweater. Well, listen, like, and that's he listens. listens. Exactly. <laughs> he listens and he sings and he yeah, dances right. and knows how to have fun and won't roll over in his sleep and cut you to death with the knives coming out of his hand. Right. That's fucking terrifying. So, like, it is terrifying. So it's, it's just this like uh, interesting point of view of like, when you don't get input from the people you are supposed to mm. attract and what not what you're supposed to attract, but what is when they see like what is attractive in the type of character you're drawing. Mm. It's just interesting. And also, I, think, like, I think it's safe to say that a lot of the portrayals of a lot of the portrayals and depictions of men in genre fiction um, <clears throat> are rooted in a kind of performative masculinity yes. that is not yes. at all related to how real men are. Yes. Like, We've all been to Comic-Cons. We see the kinds of dudes who, like, love comic books. And these people are not, like, gym rats who are, like, oh, juicing no. up <laughs> and, like, you know, following their macros and making sure that they're going to be ready to, like, right. work out I in mean, the morning. Not that this is the point of the conversation that we're having, but it is something to say that when your most popular character, like, Marvel's most popular character is Peter Parker, mm-hmm. who is, like... yeah. A fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like a skinny, like relatively skinny, like kind of wimpy loser kid who's trying to do the right, right. thing. Right. Yeah. And who just never has his shit together. Right. Right. right? right. Like that is identifiable to me. Yeah. Mm. But I think when it comes to women, <clears throat> you know, again, like men create this vision, like this is what they think is um, attractive as a man. And I think they're almost so focused on that. And by giving, it's almost like the afterthought of the women accidentally works for the women right because mm-hmm. i think what happens is yes. it, like female, that's what makes me relate to them female character gets established mm-hmm. and then someone's like all right good we got the girl on the team and then it might take a little bit like a little bit of a while but then there's someone out there who eventually mm-hmm. comes into a position where they get to write the character and they do creative and interesting things with her yeah and everyone's like what why is princess leia suddenly so like fascinating why is jean gray amazing and everyone's like jean gray and them have been fantastic you just weren't paying attention yeah you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they often have the bones of like a character that you can build, mm, right? Right. Because right, right. they are such an afterthought that it often allows for like the story that writer who comes along is able to take that character from point A to like right. point B and give them a proper give, journey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so who are some female characters that you? I know you love. Jean Grey. I do. I do. I do. You were um, like dead over that car- that cover I mean, last week. <laughs> I, I, there, I cannot put into words how much I do love uh, Sophie Turner's Jean Grey. Really? Despite the fact that like... A lot of people she shit all over that. I know. And it's not even... And I understand why. Because mm-hmm. like in terms of her personality, there's barely anything there. I just like the way... And this is super fucking like basic of me to say. I just... <laughs> She just looks great as a young Jean Grey, mm-hmm. right? And like she does. And I also know that Sophie Turner has it in her to do that character well. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, all the constraints and sort of drawbacks to her portrayal so far have been writing based. Um, but yeah, she looked fantastic on that cover. But to use like another, to use another Marvel X-Men example, 
Have you guys been watching The Gifted by any chance? Mm-mm. So it's like the best live action X-Men show we are ever going to get. I, it's, I feel like it's got like little to no promotion. It's got little, right. I don't even know what, is it <clears throat> FX? It's it's on Fox. Yeah. So it's on See, network television. I had television. like no idea. Girl, it's on Mondays. Like, check it out. They are on a three week uh, break right now. I actually I would, have heard that Gifted is probably one of the best live action superhero it's shows solid. that's out right now. They're um, just not, they're not promoting it. No, because like Fox is, that's another Man, conversation. That's another conversation. <laughs> but on one of the more recent episodes, um, they finally uh, let the other other shoe drop and reveal that one of the characters who you thought was good, but it's actually acting kind of shady, is one of the Stepford Cuckoos. Ooh. I don't know if you guys know who they, they are. They are the TLDR version is they are Emma Frost's daughters. Those like triplets. Mm-hmm. 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 They were initially quintuplets, but then two of them died. Very sad. But now they're three. <laughs> <laughs> and they are how to describe. They are these three blonde, blue-eyed, white girls. They're like mean girls, but they're mm-hmm. also telepaths who have a, a hive mind. And they their whole shtick was being Emma Frost's protégés and terrorizing the students of um, the Xavier Institute. Mm-hmm. And I remember like as a kid thinking like, ah, that's so fucking cool. Because they are, you know, they are very much this um, stereotype about like what young girls can be like in yeah. school. But mm-hmm. then it also started to get into the idea of like as you watch the characters develop, you slowly get to see each of their personalities emerge independent of one another and how all of the girls struggle with how the other students do just see them as like a monolith and how that actually hurts them. And so for like that's not at all the story that they were yeah. given for the gifted, but just to like see them on the show, I was like, oh shit, that was fucking fantastic. Also they killed a bunch of people in the best way possible. <laughs> so <laughs> so that was cool. Emma Frost is actually like a pretty big gay character. Oh too. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like if Liberace had designed a, a superhero. <laughs> I mean, her name sounds like a drag queen name. I'm sure there. I'm, I know that there are some like, unofficial like like, Emma yes, Frost drag yes. queens yes. out there. There has to be. She's what? Made of diamonds. Made like, of diamonds. Yeah. Where it's nothing but fur and it's maybe that, a little like, bit of leather. And it's that ownership and, of her, like, which at the time was sometimes Emma she's Frost a costumes. Soap opera, like, she's a soap Ooh. opera villain. But it's oh, also like that yeah. ownership of her sexuality and ownership of like how she wants to present her body, which we can talk about creators versus characters. Mm-hmm. And there are many comics in which you're like, no one, no one. No one dresses like that. No one. Yeah. That's not how boobs work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go to a shop and let a little old lady tell you how boobs <laughs> work. Like get sized for a bra. Emma Frost has never worn a bra that nope. I've actually no, no, no. But she's just casting telepathic illusions so nobody notices. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps her boobs up. Exactly. Um, but what about you? Who's a female character that's like um, spoken to you over the years? I mean, Leia's the biggest one, definitely. Um, Wonder Woman. But I like for me with them, it was partially, I mean, Leia I identify with in so many different ways. It's it's crazy. But then it's also because Carrie Fisher. So right. it's like from both ends with that character right, and right. with the person who actually portrayed her. Um, and then Wonder Woman, you know, I think it's because when I was younger, there weren't a lot of dark haired girls that were like that mattered. It was like blonde, blue, right. blonde hair, blue eyes was like the big deal, you know? So, um, that's not, that, that's so wild. So like saying that now, cause like the entire star Wars franchise is nothing but like, I know. dark haired white women. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, ah, we're, we're so, we're so progressive. And it's like, ah, another Carrie Fisher. I see. Women mm. of color, man. We're, we're going to get there someday. A yeah. galaxy far, far away. One Rose Tico. One Just yeah. one. No. Mm. It's, uh, you know, that's a whole other episode. We're <laughs> That's a whole other episode. <laughs> episode next week. But um, so yeah, I think those were probably for me. Those are 
like two characters and then um I like characters that seem like they're going to be bad but they're not. Mm. I mean it's it's hard because I like anti-heroes. Right. Like I like I like Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman a lot mm. because I feel like for me that was probably the first time I saw a woman that was overtly owning her sex like sexy and like all complicated and kind of a fucking mess and she was all those things and and I don't know that that's a character that I was very drawn to and what about you tell us Peter Parker shut up <laughs> <laughs> That's Obviously. But no, but also, you know, women, it was much harder as a kid of color to right. find yeah. a female is, superhero yeah. because no matter who you were, you, when you were playing with your friends, you don't get to play that kid. Yeah. You don't get to play Leia. You don't get to play Ariel. You don't get to play these. But you know like, what was really interesting things. to me? Like, I've asked her this before, and she gave me an answer one time that I was very surprised. And, and, her, I don't remember. <laughs> no, we were talking about like characters that like we really love and obviously Peter Parker. Right. But we were talking about Star Wars and she loves Luke. I do. Oh, do why? I exactly. And that's what I said. Oh, and she gave a right, really great right. re- because answer. I think Luke is a takedown of toxic masculinity. Okay. Luke <laughs> feels and he feels so deeply and he's he's like a young ingenue. <laughs> He is like that's Luke Skywalker, that's true. right? That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's this idea of like you don't have to be Han Solo, you don't have to be like smooth talking and and rough around the edges. Like you can just be this like sort of see. And here's the thing, like, like Han is not smooth talking. No, but he, he thinks he's he smooth thinks talking. He is, but he's presented he's kind of a shithead in that first movie. He is presented as yeah, like the smooth talking, like yeah. swagger. Right? He gets the girl. He like gets all these things. Luke is all about. Feelings. Feelings. Yeah. And yeah. I love that. Yeah. And so growing up, it was like, yes, Luke Skywalker. I love, if we're talking women, I loved Rogue from okay. X-Men. Yes. But I, Rogue was in a different, Rogue was in a weirdly aspirational way that I would never achieve. How do you mean? In that way of like, she was beautiful and she was dating Gambit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she had, she was so, she could be so strong. She right. could fly. All of these things that I was like, but you know, if I'm really going to be pressed, it was more Nightcrawler for me. You know, I like, I, so I, I was thinking about this as you guys were talking. Like, mm-hmm. I felt a little embarrassed bringing up the cuckoos because they're on my mind right now. Yeah. Because, like, as a gay black man, I'm supposed to say that Storm is my favorite X Men character. It's whoever you want. I yeah. love, but, it, but there's a there's a there's a certain kind of cultural expectation. Right. Yeah. And I entirely understand what you're saying because I had mad love for like 90s X-Men cartoon Storm and Rogue huge hair super dramatic super loud super into it but I there was always that distance where it's like I can't Mm-mm. I can't be that right you know what I mean like I can't really be the larger than life kind of personality and oftentimes when you're like a kid of color growing up and you're like playing around on the playground there's a way in which you're the way that you experience fantasy is kind of policed, right? Mm-hmm. So that you're you're not supposed to be like big and loud. You're supposed to kind of, and not just like within the context of whatever fantasy you're playing. Like you're just not supposed to be like loud in public. You yeah. know what I mean? Like oh, you're no. not supposed to. I like I was a very gay little kid, right? I in another universe I would have been at the top of the the fucking like slide, like screaming, <laughs> "North winds obey me!" But. I knew specifically that that was not something that I was supposed to do. And so I could appreciate it like in the privacy of my own home. But it was never something that I like embodied like with my friends. And so I would be like, oh, like, 
I like Jean. She's cool. And like, if you look back at the 90s cartoon, Jean was like useless. She's always just like, professor. And then she falls. <laughs> Which uh, I got very, very good at doing on the playground. <laughs> no, it's true, though. There is that that separation that is unique to, I think, coming at it from the background of being like a kid of color. Mm. There's There's that relationship you have with these icons that is just always a little distant. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think another thing for me too with like with Leia and even with Wonder Woman, like with the TV show and stuff, but I would say more with Leia is that and this is something that always drew me to her is that she was the only girl mm. and I have all older, older brothers and she didn't have a mother. Like there was no mother in that situation, like because her mother was dead. Mm. So for me, and it took me probably not until I was like older did I realize like, oh, a lot of the people in my life, like a lot of the icons or characters or legends I've always been drawn to, there's kind of that thing. And they're kind of kind of bitches. Like Leia's a bitch. She's not a bitch. She just gets mm. shit done. No, she is. But she is kind of a bitch. Okay. She uses her power for good. Mm. <laughs> Because she's not really like she's not the girl that's smiling all the time, and I she's mean, like she's, think about it, she's like not really like she's like dude I don't have time for your shit. Like, I do with think there are there are versions of this idea of bitch, right? When right. we say bitch, we mean a woman who is strong. Yeah, mm. that's often what we well, when we're when we're owning the word. Yeah, which you know whatever you believe, but she's also not like overtly friendly. She's not like no, out but there that's a different nice. kind of bitchiness, right? Yeah. She's frosty. Like, she's yeah, she's frosty. She's, she's nice, a frosty bitch. She's nice there's to like... animals and droids. That's it. <laughs> she's she's a nice to animals bitch. and droids. Yeah, and then there's like Elle Woods, right? Who is a lovely, sweet bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who like in the right context? Right. Would be like, like mm, I think I don't know about you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's layers of bitchiness. <laughs> And, We're going to create say a, scaled, as some, a scale yeah. of bitch. And I say this as someone that literally since I was 13 years old was like, I heard, I, I think that's when I started really realizing what it was to be a bitch. And it's because I remember somebody called Madonna that. Mm. And I never, but I didn't get it, but I knew the way they were saying it. It was an insult. Mm. And, but then I was like, Madonna's amazing. Madonna's awesome. Madonna right. is doing whatever she wants. If and then I remember like Madonna, like she went to Jingle Ball one year and they were, she was like reading uh, a Christmas story and she told, she went, shh. And she had everybody at Jingle Ball silent. <laughs> so she could read a story and I was like, that's power. Right. And it's like instantly it's like, oh, well that's being a bitch. Like, oh, then I want to be a bitch. <laughs> that's, I mean, honestly, it's, you know, you talk about female characters, it's gonna get real sappy, but yeah. like my mom, same sort of power. Mm, yeah. I remember right. being in <laughs> India and like my mom sitting over here and I was like 10. So she's like 38, right? Mm -hmm. So like young woman, not much older than I am now. And there were four of us sitting on a chair over here and I was sitting like this. I was slumping really badly. And it was me, like some of my aunties, and my mom looks at me and she does this finger flip, which means sit up straight. Yeah. Everyone on that bench was like, yes, straight. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, that, that's power. That's yeah. power. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, once I realized what that was, I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's being a bitch. Fine. Own like, it. I will take that. I will own it. Like, that's, so it's like kind of always been like, whenever someone would call me a bitch, I'd be like, thank you. 
But that's Thank something you. that you see in like gay culture too of this yeah. idea, which yeah. is like. And then you get into like how much of that is an actual understanding and recognition exactly. of like women's worth versus institutional misogyny that right. gay men also participate in. And then you try to have those conversations and like, don't talk to me about that. And you're like, oh my God, I don't know. Can we just Ugh. have the conversation? Right, right. But there are, I think, there is an ownership of this character. This like storm character, Jean yeah. Grey or yeah. Emma Frost or whomever that, and I think also takes Emma Frost's name. Think about it; she's a frosty bitch. She's yeah. a frosty bitch. It's true, it's true. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> all right, like I'm, I'm with that. But there's this like ownership of these characters because it allows for like that character that you didn't feel comfortable playing right. as a kid, as an adult. It's like, well, this is almost aspirational in that way where you see these women ascend. Right. Right. Yeah. right, 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 and right, you're right. like, this is the type of person that I want to yeah. be right. able to be. Because yes. you look at characters like you look at like a Han Solo <clears throat> or Lando Calrissian or a Scott Summers or a Wolverine, <gasps> and they're all kind of like Scott Summers sucks. I hate yeah. Cyclops. Like no one like like no one. Only like the most foolish of fools wants to be Cyclops. He's an idiot, and he never knows what's going on around him. I yeah, like. But... I do like Teen Cyclops. <laughs> he's he's, he's like, marginally better. He, marginally. Self more. Self-aware. And it's only because like he's read everything that his older self exactly. has done. And he's like, ah, fuck. He's got some self-reflection. Right, right, right. right. Which like oftentimes like young teen male characters Don't. do not have in fiction. And that's kind of, that's ultimately like really a detriment to like mm-hmm. young boys who are reading about people like them. The fact that we are not encouraged to have deep, meaningful introspection about our thoughts and feelings and desires. Like that's bad. Whereas right. with female characters, oftentimes because... They are uh, they, they they tend to be given um, powers that are grounded more in like their intellect mm-hmm. or like their emotional intelligence, things that like encourage you to think about your your inner self. I think that's part of why I personally am so like drawn to them as opposed to I'm going to shoot you or stab you or hit you with my laser beams because that's all very kind of. Let me disassociate from the situation and just use violence right. as opposed to, you know, think about what's going on. Which is also like the two traits, like you were saying, one is feminized, but that way it becomes safer mm-hmm. and more accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I made a really good point. <laughs> you did. Everyone just agreed. <laughs> you can tell when you said some things like, Everyone's like damn. <laughs> I got to think about that for a second. Um. <laughs> Should we do an awkward segue into the next part of our conversation? Or are we going to try to smoothly segue into it? Well, I mean, I think the way you smoothly segue into this next idea is that <laughs> when we, t- which we touched on briefly earlier, yeah. is that when we talk about women in these comics that we're taking, that we identify with and cross, you know, cross gender in this case, um, there is a creator question in the sense that those women were often hypersexualized, truly like didn't have agency yeah. in the way that we would like them to have. And so there was um, a fetishization happening of women there. Right. Yeah. And when you turn that on its head a little bit and you think about gay representation mm. and slash fiction and this idea of like shipping, which is, I'm, I just hit my mic. Sorry, I got so excited. Happens. Um, but it's this like idea of, which is often, not always, but often, Related more to women fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Right? Um, and I didn't like the first ship really come from Star Trek. Yes. And people were shipping Kirk and Spock. Which yes. I don't understand. I don't but get it either. It's thing. not I my gotta jam. be honest with you. And we were talking about this earlier. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't, I 
don't understand the Poe and Finn shipping oh, because really? I, I, it's so I can like I can explain it to you in vivid detail. But yeah. Here's my, yeah. my defense. Here's why. <laughs> That's a damn good pilot. Oh yes, it is. Wait, I, but, <laughs> here's the thing, though. Here's why I don't understand it. I understand shipping Oz, Oscar Isaac with anyone because mm-hmm. he literally has chemistry with fucking it's everybody. True. That's true. That is true. So that I understand, but I don't understand why. There was you know no, why? There was, but there was he nothing. licked his lips licked and his was lips. like, "Keep it, keep it." Yeah, but that's the thing, yeah. though. But <laughs> yeah, I get it. Oh, he yeah. can't keep it yeah. Yeah, definitely. But there was nothing coming from Poe that I mean, from Finn that seemed like to me it was like Finn was almost like idolizing him. He was like, "Oh my god!" Like I have but a friend. But like, there are different readings of the, yeah. of the characters. But on the other hand, we are so starved for any kind right. of queer and representation. That's really queer representation. I think because yeah. we're so starved for it that I feel like people are just like, "Oh, two two guys ship it, I, two girls ship it." No, no, no. I disagree. Yeah. I disagree on that end because I do think the two of them, and part of it is probably Oscar Isaac, mm. but it, also yeah. the relationship. I mean, and I, sh- I literally story. ship him with every single person in Star Wars. But right the now. story is the only significant relationship that Poe has in that movie is with Finn. Yeah, right. like the most and the most significant things that happen to Finn are all related to like Poe, like setting him free. Yes, yeah. and Poe literally names him, right? Which yeah. is a huge like like names are if you look at like literature, the idea and the the idea of the name is one of the most prevalent mm. and like constant themes in relationships. Yeah, and there's also, I feel like people forget that, I get them mixed up because they're so close to one another. Finn Finn goes through The Force Awakens kind of with like this wide-eyed sense of wonder because he had been stolen from his home as a child and raised to be a stormtrooper. Like there's a way in which he was completely cut off from the world for the vast majority of his life. Mm -hmm. So to see him like be confronted with a stunningly attractive man who decides to give him a coat after like setting him free from his, you know, bondage and him just sort of being dumbstruck. He's like, what are these feelings that I'm have? I know it's not friendship. Yeah, but you know what though? But here's the thing though. I never got that he, and I'm not saying this, like there's definitely times I'm like, oh, those two definitely like, you're shipping the wrong couple here. Like they're supposed to be with like, whatever. I just never saw it that way. And I'm not saying because I didn't see it that way. No one can see that and see it that way. I mean, it's, 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 it's a comedy. You know what it is too? I will say this. I'm the only person in this room that's seen last Jedi. We're not. No, 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 no. We're not going down that road. So I'm not going to spoil anything. Stop. I'm not going to spoil anything. So I think because I have more story, Wait, no, oh, stop. stop. No, you're not going to know anything from what I'm saying. Stop, I promise. Because there's more characters, there's more things happening. And I think now, when you see The Last Jedi, and it has nothing to do with these two people, I'm saying in general, when you see The Last Jedi, The Force Awakens fits differently into the scheme of things. Can I say something? That's what I'm going to say. When all of those photos of Finn and Rose started to come out and it became clear that they were going to spend a lot of time in the movie together. I got mad. I was like, God damn it. Do not wreck this relationship. But they're going to, here's the thing is like, you know, that beyond, and this will kind of, I think segue into our our actual conversation, (laughs) which is not about specifically Finn and Poe. I think there is a deep, deep and sorry, pardon the term thirst for this to happen in Star Wars. And they had either the fortunate or the unfortunate like decision to cast two men who are both very handsome, both have incredibly chemistry. Mm -hmm. And then they wrote, maybe they wrote it in a way that they weren't, they didn't think they were implying anything. Mm. But when you're 
And it's not to say when you're looking for it, but it can be read so easily in that way. And so, but that has stemmed, that all falls into this idea of what shipping is and Mm. and the the male male ship, the yaoi. Yeah. Which which people fixate often on and the fetishization that happens where you're sort of stripping away the humanity of the characters Mm. just for the romantic relationship. And it's often women writing yes. and creating this fan art. And, and it's often straight women. And it's often too. straight women. Which yeah. I find so fascinating because like I've spent my fair like amount of time like lurking on the internet. And like I've seen the, fa- I've, like I've been on Archive of Our Own and like read some just like filthy things that people have written. And these <laughs> like these are people who are like open about being straight women. I'm, my, the question is always like, well, what is it? What is it that you get out of this? Yeah. Right. Um, because the, you can always read... How how explicit can we be here? I mean, don't worry. We can always edit it out and post. Fair. You can always <laughs> tell, like, erotica. We'll use that word. You can yeah. always tell, like, gay erotica that's been written by straight women. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're like, that's not how it works, really. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not really how... It's like a sanitized version. It's not even, like, the mechanics. It's rather the dynamic. Like, mm-hmm. that's yeah. not really how gay men interact with one another in a sexual way. And it is this kind of idealized, almost, hmm, like... Soft focus, mm-hmm. you know, soft lighting, perhaps like a little bit yeah, of smooth no, jazz in the not... background, and it's like I'm sure there, I'm sure that there are some gays out there who right. are like that, but the vast majority of us are like aren't, especially the vast majority are like exactly like queer as folk, kind of sort of. But the, yeah. the thing is, is like, if we, I was just going to bring up queer as folk <clears throat> because queer as folk viewership was like gay men and straight women, mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, in a huge way. Like that's one of my favorite shows, yeah, and it's. I but mean, that's because Brian Kinney was Gail Harold is shit. So super fucking hot. And doesn't work so enough. Hot and you wanted, and you wanted to see said, him literally having no, sex with but everybody. That said, that said, it was also in the same way that we were talking about um, this idea of why gay men identify with women mm. and these, this cross section of marginalizations yeah. that allow for like common themes. I think mm. you get that in the gay male relationship because they are super. It's it's. I think that there is both like a. Uh, a physical kind of passion in these depictions, but there's also like an emotional yes, earnestness. Yes, yes. Because that is, if you look at the long arc of Brian and Justin's relationship, yes. it was like a lot of like hot, illicit sex, but mm-hmm. also them like crying at the wall together over one another. Together and broken yeah. up. Yeah. Together that and shit where up. like fucking Justin ends up in the hospital yeah, and like Brian is crying. Yeah. Yeah. That was like my, yeah. I remember, I just, there was I, the season one finale. <laughs> I remember that's, distinctly like staying that was in, up. It was when I like remember the, that like episode. blood, in, like the, the blood the, yes. out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was horrible. Because he was take him to his prom. No, I they, not believe. No, yeah, that's what they went that PA bash at his prom. But like, first of all, my people. Second of all, there is like I, I agree. There is this like emotional connection, and and I think that there's a combination of like wish fulfillment in mm, a way yeah. that a, a wish fulfillment with no uh, not jealousy isn't the right word, but you have something like Twilight, which is sort of like blank slate, right? Mm. You have a main character that self earth like self insert OC mm-hmm. essentially. With gay fiction, there's no need for that. Right. You're right. getting the best of like the emotions and the connection and the ideal version of these characters. And I think that like some of the weaker and by weaker I mean some of the the pieces of like fan fiction and fan art that come across as being problematic and reductive, I think that you could ultimately chalk that up to like a lack of professionality. Yes. Like these aren't just yeah. like these aren't yeah. professional writers who know how to write fully fleshed out characters. Yeah. If you took if you took, you know, your fanfic and workshopped it a little bit and like passed it around to an editor, perhaps you could like punch this up to something that felt a little more authentic to 
a queer person's experience. Yeah. Um, I mean, you go back to this idea of own voices, which we've talked about on the show before, and who can tell whose story. Mm. And there are people who think that only people of that marginalization should be able to represent the Mm. true experience of it. And then there are other people, and I'm one of these, who thinks that if you do the research, if you do the work, and you talk to the community, and you engage with the community, write whatever you want. Like, create whatever you want. I agree with that. The line of of that, that idea of fetishization, though, is like, where does that fit in? Right. And then, like, you know, to play, not, not devil's advocate, but, like, to hold up, you know, the inverse of this. When you look at, for example the way that women are depicted in comic books, mm-hmm. that it's like a, an entirely different kind of mm-hmm. dynamic because that's just like, how can we get the waist non-existent and the boobs super right. huge and yeah. like have her bent over and like drawn from behind? And that has nothing to do with, that's just straight up like you want to you wanna have sex with. I mean, it's this. the difference between like women relate to like the gay male relationship in a different way between, straight women, excuse me, between straight men and how they relationship, how they what we generally think of them as relating to the lesbian relationship, uh, which is yeah, stripped of humanity. Yeah. Like, and it's like total just like hypersex, hypersex, yeah. right? Yeah. Like fake tits. The whole, yeah. It's, it's not, it's very much like they take that, that un, unrealistic beauty, every unrealistic beauty standard. Right. And they just, Pair them up with well, each like other. the L word, the viewership was not straight men and lesbians, yeah. right? Like queer. Well, folk. no, there was a lot. There were there were some. There were lesbians that watched it. No, no, no. It's I'm not, saying, but it wasn't. It wasn't in the same way as queer as folk. That was straight right. women and gay men. Right. They didn't right. Have that it, 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 that crossover didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, also, true. I didn't really watch the L word all that much. I, I watched did. like a couple episodes. Shane. I had a crush on Shane as a kid, which like really fucked me up. I was like, what is that about? Like, I just got this gay thing in order. Um, but it always seemed like the, I don't know, I, I, I feel like it's, I'm, I'm overdue for a rewatch because I've heard that like in retrospect, it has aged well as a series. I enjoy, I watched it like probably eight, nine years ago yeah. and I remember enjoying it. And then it got like most television series do as they go the on. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, what is happening? Um, but it's just the way these relationships are written and we like, <laughs> skewed from genre, but like, yeah, it's all part of that same thing of like, but they are all connected. And I was having this yeah. conversation with somebody that's like, you know, a lot of the thing that I love about science fiction and fantasy and genre is that it gives us the opportunity to kind of mm-hmm. like explore a lot more honestly and deeply ideas that we would not be able to go as deep right. and honest with. With non genre things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there is, there's always an overlap, you know? So it's like you can't just be like, oh, this thing just relates here in this part of my life. You mm-hmm. know, it's like this thing relates here, but it's like, oh, this is how this connects to this other thing that I'm into or this other thing that I like or this other aspect of my life and my personality. So there's a way to connect it all. So I don't think it's bad that we're talking. About no, it, I think it is. Know? It's all comes down to like the writing. If I mean, if we do want to pull it back to genre, you have uh, Anthony Rapp on Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. How how is that working out? I haven't been watching. I've only seen the first three episodes, okay. but Swapna Krishna, who also writes for yeah. for fangirls, she's a Trekkie. She's a Trekkie. She loves it. Okay, she's a big yeah. fan. Yeah. Big fan of the show, um, but also big fan of the representation that okay. is written into the show. Nice. Um. It's just we're finally getting to a space where you don't have to necessarily, and this isn't necessarily true, we're getting to a place where we can start 
to see these things happening in genre and in mainstream. Like regularly. Like regularly. You know what I think also that we, that needs to happen in genre is there has to be more people of color that are from the LGBTQ community. Intersectionality. Because (laughs) that's something that, yeah, like, it was a big deal when Moonlight came out yes. for so many reasons. And one of those reasons, because it wasn't just a gay relationship. It was two black men that were gay. It's funny that you bring like you bring this up. I feel like that's another reason why people are so uh, passionate about Finn and Poe. Because mm-hmm. we are so yeah. used to seeing they're like two, two gay color. white men. Yeah. Right. And like, oh my God. And they're, just, like, they're impossibly pretty. And they're like, how did we find yeah, each it's other? it's funny that you're saying that. And because like, we were t- when we were talking about, she was telling me how Luke and, and Han were like a big ship. And like the only criteria was really that they were two straight, good looking white guys standing next to each With other. With feathered hair. Like, yeah. okay, oh my God. Oh my God. But one I'm of these is a brunette. <laughs> <laughs> but like that was, um, that's the issue that I've had with um, Marvel's new Iceman series Mm -hmm. that's been exploring like Bobby Drake, the newly out gay Bobby Drakes because there's two of them running around. And by and large, it's just been yet another story about like a gay white man who is literally like a celebrity who's like very attractive and has saved the world a bunch of times and is like, but I can't find a boyfriend. (laughs) It's like, bro, like relatable, but also I've heard that specific story about like white men over and over and over and over But to be fair, how many comic readers have heard that story? And, and I think that, like, like straight comic readers, perhaps, not right. that many, but, like, the other queer comic readers like myself. Right. Like, that's who, all who are, we hear. That's all we hear. Yeah. Right. That, like, no, that is, I agree with you. And so you kind of, like, and so you compare something like Iceman to, like, America, where right. you've got, like, an interdimensional, like, queer woman who is, like, Latinx. And Which is, like, is punching, entirely because of Gabby. Right. When, and that's, like, fuck yeah. Like, that's what happens when right. you, in like, you give a person like Gabby Rivera the time and space and energy and opportunity to write that kind yes. of story, which is why we're always so insistent, like, oh, more of this, please. Like, yeah. not to knock. Like, no, we don't hate <clears throat> gay white men. It's just, like, you guys have been here for a long time. No. Longer longer than the rest of us. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, because it, it, it does often come back to skin color, unfortunately. Yeah. Where yeah. it's passing. It's, you know getting your foot in the door and just that inherent privilege which comes from when you walk into a room how are people perceiving you right 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 right. and it's uh, listen I don't I'm not a a gay person of color so it's like I don't obviously my knowledge is very surface but that's cool I do yeah but I do know enough to know that in the black community even in, in like most communities of color for gay men it is still very difficult for gay in general it can be but, but for like gay men it's still kind of like it's, it's like on the dl you know it's like it's still a little it's not true like there's a multiplicity of experiences yeah. like they're depending on where you grow up when you grow up um yeah there are plenty of black communities in which um queer and when i say queer i don't mean just like gay and lesbian yeah. i mean like gender queer gender yeah, fluid yeah. people mm-hmm. like they have always been a part of the black community and so often when you are talking to, you know, queer black folks who grew up with relatively like well-adjusted experiences, they're always talking about like that gay aunt or uncle or that yeah. uncle or aunt who transitioned when they were a kid. Yeah. And it was always just like a thing. You go and, to your yeah. family function and that, that there's always that person in the family who, even if they've gone, like, they've gone through their trials and tribulations, they're still a part of the yeah. family. I mean, I think the thing is that when you get... And that was like a generalization. I didn't mean it like that. No, no, no. Yeah. But I mean, what I was going to say, though, like, just to finish that, is that I feel like if that representation existed more in this sphere, mm. that for young kids that are 
trying to figure out like their gender identity and figure out their sexuality and aren't white. Mm. That's a huge help because it's like the way you connect with these characters when you're young, it's sometimes on a more real level than you connect with people in your everyday life. Mm. Well, no. And I think that's true to say for basically every level of representation. Right. And, and we have these ideas about what is and is not acceptable in communities of color, largely because we've had such few stories told. Yeah. Mm. And oftentimes the people who are against it are the loudest. Right. Right. You know, so there is this like narrative that exists that isn't necessarily the only truth. Right. 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 But that said, Every type of representation is necessary so that kids who are, you know, if you have a disability, if you are neuroatypical, if you're like whatever, normalizing everything that isn't what's been normalized for the last like 2,000 years, basically. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So funny, like I had this, and I'm totally cutting you off. I'm so sorry. I had this conversation. Where, Goodness. <laughs> we're launching this new this fangirls on film thing because we were like you know all the stuff with how there's not enough female reviewers so we're like I'm like alright we're going to start a movie club and we're going to re-review movies like genre movies that Ooh. are on Rotten Tomatoes and discuss the movie but then also kind of figure out like does it deserve this rating on Rotten Tomatoes mm. like is it this good or was it that bad you know yeah because you when now when you watch things you're like I mean, yeah, but the thing is, like, we have to also take into account, like, when it comes from. It's like, if right. it's from the 80s, you know it's going to be problematic as shit, but it could still be a good movie. Can I, that's can I tell a really quick story? So, yes. recently, <laughs> with a friend of mine, we do a cartoon, like, a cartoon day once every four months or so. He mm-hmm. comes over and we watch cartoons, like, for eight hours. I found the door. like the best. <laughs> he brings his pajamas. We order pizza. It's, it's a great thing. Yeah. But so he comes over. And I was like, we're going to watch Chipmunk's Great Adventure. Okay. I loved that movie. Okay. I loved the music. We're watching it. We're watching it. It came out in 1987. And it gets to the last 15 minutes, and it was so racist that it just, it was like me, him, and my sister, and we all just stopped talking. Racist how? Like, Like like, super Like in South America, like an indigenous tribe that spoke. Was it like Uga Booga language? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my God. Yeah. Like white people, so what have you guys been doing? Racist. Yeah. It was so uncomfortable. There's this great cartoon. Up until that point. And I'm totally jumping from what I was initially saying, but there was this cartoon that is that was on, I think it was on Hulu. Okay. And I forgot the name of the cartoon, but like it randomly came on my playlist because my dog watcher, my dog, my dog walker was watching it on my Hulu. So it like all of a sudden showed up as like in my queue. And it's like a cartoon about an Italian American family and like the dad went into the witness protection program because of like the the uncle, the great uncle that was in the mob. But it was like every horrible stereotype about (laughs) Italians. And I'm like, what is this shit? And then I actually, so I go onto IMDb and like the guys that wrote it were like these French Canadian guys, these like super white guys. I'm like, yo, like not for nothing, but like this is mad racist. Oh, my favorite thing to do when we're doing deja vu is like the X things you you think while you're watching something is I'll be going through it and then in parentheses I'm like, a man wrote this. Yeah. 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 Also like, let it not be forgotten that like, 
the French the Canadians, it can be fucked up. Yeah. We, we, we like so to It make- was like super, and I was like, not for nothing. Like, and it's like, even when people were making jokes, like Godfather jokes about Trump, I'm like, yo, like ease up with those jokes. Cause like, I know you think you're being funny, but like, you're also kind of being like, right. Yeah. You're reifying like, stereotypes. Yeah. It's like yeah. not cool, dude. Like chill with that. Like I'm, cause I'm kind of getting offended here. But you know? You're not supposed to be so sensitive. Yeah. It's fiction. Don't but anyway, worry about so getting it. back to the fangirls on film, <laughs> getting back to fangirls on film, we're having this conversation <laughs> and I was okay. saying how we wanted to do it. And I was talking to somebody else that works for us. And, um, and I said that one of the reasons we wanted to do it is because so much of our pop culture has completely been shaped by white straight men. Yeah. Yeah. And what if women and people of color had a voice in these conversations 10, 20, 30 years ago, yeah. some of these movies may have never been made. Yeah. Right. And you know? movies that are like currently, like currently coming out would have come out ages ago. Exactly. Yeah. It wouldn't be a big deal. So it's like, where would we have been then? You know if what? That, We'd have gays in space. We true. would have gays in space. And it wouldn't have just been a fucking SNL sketch. No. no. They would yeah. have been for real. It yeah. been a full movie. Finn and Poe would have been boyfriends. <laughs> yeah. In the original They would have trilogy. adopted like gay, like little babies. Mm. Yeah. There's still time. There's still time. There's still time. Did you know that initially Han was supposed to be dating a Wookiee? Oh. Oh. Is that because (laughs) I made that up? What? I wrote that in my Han Solo thing. No, I think no. (laughs) Is like for real? No, I think that was like a real thing. (laughs) He was supposed to be like, I think so. I feel like the MPAA back then would have been like, uh -uh, Uh uh-uh. We're not doing that. No, no. That is lewd. You can be friends, but we are not going to endorse that kind of relationship. Lewd and... Did you know that Luke was initially supposed to be a girl? I can t- I, I buy that. And that's why we have Leia. Leia was supposed to be just like a, a very brief cameo. And when the studios were like, no, make Luke a guy. Oh, and so was Luke as a girl supposed to end up with Han? Is that what that was supposed I don't know. to be? Oh. I don't know. But that would make sense then for the whole shipping. Oh. <gasps> they have... They, mm, mm. We don't have to go down. I've, okay. I've been down this road many times. I just have so many issues with that whole, like, he cast his sister. And it's I like, know. Oh God, I don't, we guys, know. It's on. gross. It's, but it's like, an, it's like, but I always knew they were going to be brother and sister. So no, why you did they didn't. Kiss? No, you didn't. Like, you dude, own it. Nah. Liar. Liar. Nah. You watch that first film, and she's just like, one, you're blonde and a full-grown man. I am also a full-grown woman, and I am a brunette. We are not identical twin siblings. And it was, yeah, I just, they, they, they just felt like uh, slightly frosty companions in space. Yeah. That was, and I, I appreciated that about them. But then when they kissed, it was like. Eh, but eh, even eh. the kiss wasn't like. It's a, like, not a good kiss. It's, it's not, not a good kiss. She was totally doing it to make Han jealous. Well, I mean, yeah. obviously, but yeah. like. But like that wouldn't even have made me jealous. If she like, I would have been like, "Oh, that did not look fun." Right for you, like, what are you doing? Mm. Ew, you're less attractive. Value yourself more. (laughs) We're sitting in the corner, like, girl. Ew. Like, I get your priorities. Like, you know what? (laughs) I was totally kidding. She could have kissed Chewbacca, and that would have been like that would have like that that would have like hit Han where it hurt. Oh yeah, you You kissed my best. Friend. Yeah, as opposed yes. to like this random farm boy. Yes. <laughs> sure. All right. Leo. There's an there's an article that was uncracked. It's still one of my most favorite articles ever. That was um making the case for Luke dying a virgin, and it's the funniest thing I've ever read in my life. Well, we don't know. We no, don't this know. makes it pretty. Like you have to read the article. No, I mean like we don't know that that's not what happens. I, know. I don't know. I know. All right, we're good. We're skirting into dangerous territory. I can I like. Know. I don't. I'm. I don't want to see Cher's face. What? <laughs> 
There's literally <laughs> absolutely nothing. I'm talking about an article on fact. I know. Like, the, you know the yeah. Star Wars crawl. When you start thinking about Star Wars, like your yeah. thoughts start to play on your face. I know. On that note, um, yeah. Who are some was- other? Who are like? What's like a big ship that you have? Oh my god! Mm. I am like the Quintus. I'm. So good at shipping. Okay. Do you know what I don't get before you answer that? I don't get shipping cartoon characters. Why? I do. I don't know. They're people too. They're characters. (laughs) It's all about story. It's all like no, no, no. I guess because like I don't. All of it. I shouldn't say that because I have a crush on Archer and like that's a cartoon character. uh, Oh, and I know you Mm. know Robin Hood. Mm. Like, oh my God, Fox Robin can get it. Everybody's into Fox Robin. (gasps) No. What? Foxes are filthy, disgusting animals. Ooh, no, Fox Robin. Oh no, no, no. So, Fox but, like, Robin. There's get it. Shipping. I think the the for me, it's all about the narrative. Yeah. And what gets what gets me to the like best narrative is yeah. often I like identify two characters, and there's nothing <laughs> better when my ship becomes canon. I'm okay, like, oh, yeah. so yeah. Who do you yeah. ship? Who, who's like a character that you ship? All right, my number one ship is Sasuke and Sakura from Naruto. Okay. Because like literally from when I started watching it, because she just. She likes him so much, yeah. and she's so awesome. And mm-hmm. he like kind of sucks, but he's angsty and broody. It's she like, just wants to make him a better person, right? Yeah, yeah. Enemy and enemies to like lovers is mm-hmm. also a big like. Yeah, trope I, I really that. enjoy. I think that's why I'm so into like Starbuck and Apollo because they like mm-hmm. hate you. Need that antagonism? <sighs> yeah. Oh, it's so, so much. hot. <laughs> so hot. Like when they're beating but the shit out of each other, and, and then it's, it's like, like they're having sex. Such and, like, a that's good amazing. story too. It allows for such like. Interesting, often like fanfic and like that kind of thing that explores yeah. those relationships mm. in a really meaningful way. I just think it's really fun. Okay. Do you have anybody that you ship? I don't really ship anymore now that mm. I'm a little older. I did as a kid. <laughs> it was kind of like a little bit of shade. Uh-huh. You're like, now that I'm no, an no, adult, no. I, mean, I, I don't just, ship. I, don't, I, I didn't mean that to come out as shady as it did. <laughs> like, I will go down <laughs> with this ship. <laughs> but, <laughs> Literally. But um, what you call it? I, when I was uh, like, between the ages of like 10 and 15, mm-hmm. I was deeply committed to shipping um, Tai Chi and Yamato from Digimon Adventure, yeah. both one and two, mm-hmm. because the first two seasons of Digimon, as they aired here, follows them when they are from the ages of when they are like middle schoolers to when they become high schoolers, mm-hmm. right? And they have that traditional like lead character and like loner character vibe where they clash with one another as they are trying to save the world. They get into literal fist fights as kids because they can't quite express their feelings with one another. Mm-hmm. There's this whole like character arc. I'm not, I'm not, I won't get into the specifics of it, but like all the kids get these little crests that are supposed to be emblematic of personality traits that they have that allow them to power their Digimon up. And Matt goes through this whole thing where he leaves the group. Like they are in another world where they could all die. I love this. And his, his crest is like friendship and his inability to like acknowledge the deep loving friendship that he has with mm. Ty puts them all in danger. But he re- he eventually comes back. Gururumon is finally able to digivolve to wear Gururumon. <laughs> he joins the group again and it is the best. And also like the, sh- like the ship was never made canon. Mm-hmm. But towards the end of like that group's story... Um, Ty and Matt's Digimon and their mega forms are finally able to combine into Omnimon and it's mm-hmm. like the most badass shit and you should all go back and watch, um, watch you can watch the American version of the Digimon movie which is actually like all three of the first ones that were released in Japan and it is fantastic but like that's the thing right it's about appreciating character growth within a relationship mm-hmm. yeah and that because it's never yeah. about like ooh who's hot like who right. do I want to see kiss each no, other because that's just nah. that's boring yeah. it's like 
then watch porn. Yeah. It's like, yeah. this is about like, you get really into the characters and you're like, I just want them to be happy yeah. or like really unhappy together. Just like something. I also like low-key shipped Goku and Vegeta. Like I appreciated it. You know what I mean? Like, like Vegeta's relationship with Bulma never made any sense to me. I'm like, you guys have never even had a conversation with Bulma. Where did this baby come from? Like, mm-mm. Two babies? You took it. Ugh. You stole that baby. Like, that's right. Like, that purple-haired baby does not belong to either of you. But you see Goku and Vegeta and you're like, y'all have definitely kissed at least twice like in, in trying to fuse you were like maybe we kissed to do it before you learned that it was the dance trying to think like who i ship <clears throat> who do you like, ship leo with do you think that she belongs with han i don't i think that she's too good for Han. Mm. but you're not wrong but mm. here's the thing like as someone who has historically had horrible decisions when it's come to the people that i've ended mm. up with I get it, because like I would end up, I would do that. I would make that mistake. Han's a mistake I would make. And like, so if like, you look at the long tail of like her relationship with Han, yeah. like it put the whole fucking universe in danger again. Yeah, exactly. But like, that's the thing, and then yeah. you want to read that book, though. You want to read that story of mm. their relationship. Like you want. I'm reading. Um, the, but wait, is there a book on their relationship? Well, there's books. You know, there's like the Claudia Gray series, which explore pieces of it. Yeah, I want like a real like that's the relationship I definitely want to know more about. Right, a hundred percent. I want to see what kind of marital disputes they had. Yeah, like, when because ben I was, had like, a like yeah, because like, but then again, all right. So who did I ship? I used to ship obviously like Wolverine with Jean Grey. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I shipped it a little. Like, I would just like, I don't know that I hard shipped it, but I was like, yeah, like I was into it when they hooked up in the movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm into this. And I think it's partially because I was into like how he was so flawed and like, but she was the one thing that like, no matter what, like, I don't know. I was really like into that. And also that one scene in Apoc- is it Apocalypse? Whichever one where young Gene is the one who like sets him yeah. straight yes. a little bit. Yeah. I was like, yes. oh, like, all right, like this this movie was not so great, but I appreciate this a lot. It's a little like, uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, because she's a child. I was like, Ugh. It was a little... Also, he was an old ass man at that point. Yeah. 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 But I don't know. I don't know. I gotta th- I gotta think about the shipping thing. I wonder yes. I wonder like who other people ship. There's I mean, it's it's the internet. If it exists, yeah. people ship it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, I remember everybody. during the two thousand 2009, there was like on Tumblr, Obama and Rahm Emanuel. We have one minute. Fiction. Obama and Rahm Emanuel fan fiction floating around. Oh, That's shit. weird. But people I will would read ship. That. I'll, let me see if I can find it. Please and I'll do it Okay. But okay, I think we can end it there. <laughs> we can Obama. stay here all night drinking. And as yeah, oh, you like to shit, I wonder how many times we're gonna like bring a podcast back to Obama. This is the second time we've done it. All the time because Always. dreams. It's true. Oh, God. Speaking into existence. And on that note, so uh, make sure you know. Well, thank you, Charles, for hanging out with thank us and having, having prosecco and cupcakes of with course, us. Of course, anytime. Um, I feel like we now have to do this whenever we have like an in studio guest. We have to be classy and drink. Prosecco out of paper cups. Darn. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for everybody's listening. Um, make sure you, you know, give us some love on iTunes and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And um, you know, we love hearing from you guys. So tweet us at sci-fi fangirls or you know, at the site on sci-fi.com. And um you can find me at the shareness and you can find me at run with skizzers because I'm a grown-up. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at Charles Pulliam. That's Charles, the way you normally spell it, and my last name, P U L L I A M. 
And um, yeah, that's it. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Bye. Bye.